another episode of HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm your host, Jarell, and I'm joined by the HP Critical crew, Gabe, Kelly, and Brandon. How are you guys today? Oh, fantastic. Wonderful. I love it. I love all the positivity. <laughs> like, everyone's so I didn't happy. Get I know. I know you didn't answer, and I was like, he's probably going to ruin it, so I'm going to take the positivity while I got it. I, love the <laughs> I was trying to unmute my thing. Oh, how are you, Gabe? You got an individual one. You're so special. Oh, no. No, now I'm offended. I'm not having a good time. Wow, I'm so sorry. I was skipped over. Wow. Anyway, so <laughs> thank you everyone who listens. Of course, today we got a bunch of news things to talk about. And the first thing um, that I want to talk about is, our, because it is October 1st, uh, it's Spooky Month. Although Gabe is going to say it's Christmas Month. It's Spooky Month. And so the first thing I want to talk about with you guys is because Mary it's one of my Christ favorite months. Lord. There you go. <laughs> because it's one of my favorite months for playing scary games. I want to know what are you all's favorite scary games? Uh, first of all, I'm going to start with Kelly because if you haven't watched her on Twitch, I'm going to link her Twitch in the channel. Um, it's really funny to watch her get scared. No offense, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> but it's really funny to watch her get scared. So I'm going to start with Kelly. Kelly, what are some of your favorite games to play for the season? Um, so actually this new game just came out on the 18th of September. It's called Phasmophobia. I'm writing a review on it too for HP Critical. I'm like still working on it. But it's a game where you're a ghost hunter and you go into like these houses and there's different types of ghosts and you have to classify the ghosts by finding clues. And the ghosts can kill you and it's like really creepy and like just like this crazy aura. You only have like flashlights and you can turn on lights, but the ghosts will like turn them off. It is so creepy. It's just it's so much fun. It's it's amazing. You do like a four person co-op and you talk on the mic and like you can communicate like in game. I normally do discord because if you die, you could still talk. But it's Mm -hmm. it's insane. It's like the best game that I've played in a while. Especially, like, for a horror game, it's awesome. That is high praise coming from you. Um, And I had been hearing about it, actually, on Twitch. So I'm going to have to check out one of your streams of it. And I actually I put a YouTube video up today oh, great. of me playing it and just put, just screaming the whole time. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's now I have to go watch it after this. Uh, Brandon, what's your favorite scary game for the season? My favorite scary game. So there's not a whole bunch of scary games I play, but if I did have to name one that I really got myself into, um, I must say this came out a few years ago for the PS4, but I adored Until Dawn. Now, Until Dawn is like basically, you know, eight teenagers go into this spooky cabin. There's some kind of monsters. There's some kind of like old legend. And, you know, this this legend, this, this monster of some kind has been killing them. And the game is very much based on your decisions and there has a system called the butterfly effect where even the little most insignificant decisions can lead into later consequences later like for example if you don't pick up this particular item a character may die and what and what have you and it's interesting because there's eight characters and you'll play as each of them at least once throughout the story and your decisions will determine whether they live or die it's entirely possible for all eight of them to live through the end of the story it's entirely possible for all eight of them to die or you could just have my ending, which I got from my first playthrough, where three of them lived and the and the other five died because I was really careless at some points. And but I absolutely adore the game. I love decision based games, and it was very scary in a lot of the situations. It had it used the PS4 as motion controls at some points where you have to hold the controller completely still because you take it too much. These monsters can sometimes grab you. It's it's insane. I absolutely love, it. and it ended up inspiring the Dark Anthology trilogy, which or Dark Pictures Anthology which is a series of games they're doing now, but 
I've only played a little bit of like Man of Medan, which is like the first one they've released, but I love Until Dawn. It's really good. I actually, before HP Criticals even found it, so this is a good few years ago, actually streamed the entirety of Until Dawn on my own personal Twitch. So this is, that tells you how long ago this was. But yeah, love that game. That was literally my game of the year for the game for the year that it came out. Oh, it was fantastic. It was 100% great. Yes, and I played with friends. So we would all take turns uh, deciding Ooh, yeah. who uh, would do what. Like, each of us would have a character. Uh, and honestly, the best way to play is with friends. Like, it's so much more fun and instead of playing I, I agree. And, I um, agree. If I ever do the game again, I'll definitely 100% have a, have a group on hand for that. It is still one of the best uses of the PS5's motion controller. Like, because you are so nervous and it's so intense that it's really hard to sit still. Yes, it's really they actually on they actually have the Until Dawn Rush of Blood, so that's like VR oh, Until yes. Dawn. I couldn't even make it five minutes, no even way. before anything happened. I was like turning around and seeing it behind me, and I was like, "This no, this is yeah. not happening." See, there's no Too way much. I do that. No way I do VR at all. Like, there's no way. And also, that was my my favorite scary game. Uh, Gabe, I know you're all about Christmas, but do you have a favorite scary game? I actually have um, a scary game, and then. For me, the scariest level of a game. My scariest game that I've ever played um, is Dead Space. Um, I've played all three. And the thing is, I don't do scary stuff because I'm a big chicken. So I had to play these games. Um, I had to play them at the the brightest part of the afternoon. (laughs) All the windows of the house had to be open. Someone else had to be in the house with me. and pe- people are going to hear this and going to think I'm exaggerating, but this is actually how I played the game because I could not play it alone. Bruh, like, it doesn't matter. It, the game was ridiculously scary. But my scariest level in a game has to be, and I think Brandon's going to agree with me on this one, has to be The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the Shadow Temple. Hell, well, that temple. Partially, that, partially. Because I think the bottom that, of the well is scarier. Weird. You know what? Yeah, it's a tie between those two. Those two levels have to be some of the scariest I've ever played. But yeah, those yeah. are my... Scary games and levels. <laughs> oh, and if you don't know, if you don't know, it's Dead Space. I'm sorry, I just remembered. Like I said, Dead Space, and I didn't talk about it. Um, basically, your uh, your sh- I think your ship. You have to go say you have to go check out a, a shipwreck, outer in outer space or something. And when you get there, there's just a, everyone's dead, and there's these weird mutated animals going around the ship, and you have to try not to get eaten. Um, and the game does a really good job of literally making everything scare you so you'll be walking down a corridor and then a little light will flicker and you'll think you see something moving but you don't and then when you start finally getting comfortable you're like okay good there's nothing in this in this corridor there's nothing in this hallway two seconds later you're screaming your head off because one of those monsters came out of nowhere and you don't know what to do Yep. See, no, I had I had Dead Space, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play the the co-op one. I don't remember which one it was, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play with a friend. And I started it, and I was like, nope, this is a big hell no for me because I too hate scary games. Um, and I don't have a favorite scary game actually. I'm gonna talk about my scariest game that I've ever played instead of my favorite because I don't have a favorite because I don't like scary games, and that would be <laughs> Resident Evil Seven. And I know that they have it in VR, and I don't understand how people can play that game in VR. I literally got, like, I don't know, a few hours into it. Like, also, like you, light up, brightness up, uh, window open, broad daylight, and I still could not play that game. Like, that is how scared I was 
of that title. And the other Resident Evils before it were not like this. So it's not like I was prepared for it. Like I had played um, five. I had played five and I had played um, six. And then I played the remake of uh, two or three or whichever one it was. And I was like, all right, let's do seven on Friday the 13th. I was like, oh, it'll be super cool. And I tried that shit and I died. And I've never put it back on my PlayStation. Fuck that game. It is the scariest game I've ever played in my life. Don't play it. Especially don't play it in VR. I don't know. I mean, I have a lot to say about scary games. So we can move on. No, no, no. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. No, I was thinking, like, I was just thinking of a game that I'm playing right now for Phasmophobia. But, like, Alien Isolation is, like, one of the most petrifying games I've ever played. I mean, at one point... I didn't want to even continue. Yeah, it's like pretty scary. And it'll just be like when you're not expecting it. So like you'll already have walked past the room. And then when you walk back out, it's like a TV explodes or something. Oh it's not God. even like the alien will come for you. It's like something else crazy will happen. There's droids. There's all kinds of stuff. It's it's insane. But that's that's a really good one. And then also there's those like kind of like, have you ever played like maybe Pacify or... uh Emily wants to play. Hell no. Me? Emily wants no. to play. I fell I fell out of my chair. I turned it off. I haven't touched it again. It scared me so bad. Oh my god. I fell onto the floor. I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. Honestly, no idea how you do this. Like I literally don't know how you sit through that stuff. I I I can't. <laughs> I have no idea. It's funny because like sometimes like even like the smallest thing will startle me and i get so pissed off and like i'll just play scary games and put myself through utter torture for nothing i, I don't, don't even know, know why <laughs> i mean i think it's great entertainment for the rest of us but i'm just i'm too scared to do that to myself like i i literally can't do it um actually you know what i will say my favorite scary game is probably dead by daylight and that is only because uh, i've gotten yeah, used to it one. now and i can play with friends but that literally is the only reason because i've gotten used to it and because i can play with friends that's it otherwise i wouldn't even be playing it alone also it's not as scary as it was before some of the some of the um killers are scarier than others fucking invisible asshole is probably one that always scares me as is um the pig just because she's so creepy um but yeah dead by daylight that that's probably gonna be my favorite one just because you get to play with friends anything that i get to play with friends so i'm not so i'm not scared alone is uh something that makes me happy so the other biggest news that came out today was the reveal of the new smash character and i know that we all had a lot to say about it and chat so i want to talk to you guys about the newest character that's coming to smash bros which is from uh minecraft it's minecraft steve now before i get into this i do want to say that i saw a tweet earlier that i shared that was just like i don't remember who said it but it was basically like microsoft now has two representatives in smash and yes i know that microsoft didn't make the games but i thought that was really interesting to throw out there um and also of course we know that minecraft is the biggest game of all time like the best-selling game ever so obviously this is money for nintendo and nintendo's pocket but we also saw some issues with how sakurai presented this based on how you felt about what he said and how he presented it but anyway overall we got minecraft steve and like three other iterations of him including one that's a girl and one that's some zombie and um i must stop talking about this because i don't play minecraft so I'm, I'm not educated enough to make this sound good so how did you guys feel about minecraft steve coming to minecraft gabe you first because you're uh you know you're the probably the best player among all of us how did you feel about it <sighs> same look, <laughs> that's me look, look i'm gonna say this off the bat from the beginning 
I'm happy for you Minecraft people. You know, yay, you got Minecraft Steve. You know, we used to mention it as a joke. Good for you guys. But I'm going to say it straight up. And if you don't agree with this, I actually don't care. Minecraft is a great game. Minecraft Steve as a player is not something I would want to pay a DLC for. And we were talking about earlier and, you know, I was talking with some other of my friends too. And had Minecraft Steve been included in the base game when it first came out and they were introducing new characters, that would have been been cool that would have been great like oh cool minecraft steve made it in but the fact that this is nintendo's uh one of what nintendo's my bad this is a uh, smash bros next dlc character after what was arguably one of the most forgettable dlcs looking at you min min red um, oh my gosh <laughs> um look min min the the min min dlc the music was great the stage was great min min herself as a character i don't think a lot of people remember she was even part of a dlc um, but I was a little disappointed. Um, you also brought up that thing, uh, Microsoft YouTube representatives and, you know, yeah, this is, you know, this is, this is money in Nintendo's pocket, but I watched the Steve presentation three times in a row. And what I got three times from it was Sakurai. And it, again, this is, this is my interpretation. Sakurai doesn't look like he's having fun. And Smash Bros, you know, he loves, you know, he loves Smash Bros. He loves working on it, but the way he presented that, he's either really tired of the fans complaining every time he announces a DLC or he's really tired of you know, people coming up to him and saying like, "Oh, this character needs to be in the game next." Even though he did say that he gets the final say, sometimes I think, you know, the higher-ups in Nintendo override him a little bit, but Looking at looking at the presentation, I don't think Sakurai is enjoying his game very much right now. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, obviously we got to wait to see his uh, his moveset presentation is in two days. It's on October third, and then you know soon after that, hopefully we get Minecraft into the game. But this, to me specifically, this has been one of the worst DLC presentations I've seen mm-hmm. um, in in terms of the character itself and just how it was presented to us. Um, again, I'm happy for you Minecraft people, but I generally don't think Steve belongs in Smash Brothers. <laughs> I am going to say that I think he looks really weird. Like, I won't lie. I think he looks really weird being a part of the roster because he's a block. Um, but for me, I was not excited. Um, I am happy for everyone who likes Minecraft. I think the stage could look really cool. I don't know Minecraft music, so I can't comment on that. Uh, I don't play Minecraft, so I don't have much to say in that front. But what I will say is what I was saying earlier, which is that... I think that the first set of DLC was probably the best. It got everyone super hype. And now a lot of what's coming forward just seems to be placeholder. Nintendo asked for this, so this is what you're getting, as opposed to fan servicing or people being excited. And I think that allows people as fans to get disappointed. I think people are are okay with being disappointed. I think it's fair to be disappointed in certain announcements after, after I still think Joker was probably one of the biggest announcements for a Smash character. After we had such huge fan favorites and such big announcements for our first DLC, it can be really disappointing to have Min Min and Steve from Minecraft in the second one. Uh, because like you said, it almost seems as if these were decisions not made by him. And Sakurai himself has already said that this DLC has already been set. 
So for me, I'm already just thinking that, you know, whoever's next is probably a pick that Nintendo already chose. So I'm no longer hype for for um, Smash reveals anymore like I used to be just because I'm already in the state of mind that it's going to be a choice from Nintendo uh, that is going to profit them. And some people are going to be happy and that's great for them. I'm pretty much just going to play the characters I have. And that's my take on it. Um, wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I piggyback yeah, off of that course. really quick? Yeah, of um, course. When you said when you said about the first DLC pack is really interesting. Um, I was looking at you know the dates and stuff, and you know we understand that you know COVID nineteen is a thing, and that's kind of slowed down DLC production. But the way the way they went about um, presenting the first DLC pack was really good. Um, I think Joker was announced in December, came out in January, and then six months later we had not one, but two DLC characters uh, introduced. We had Hero and Banjo Kazooie introduce us new, uh, to new characters. Hero came out a month later in July, and Banjo came out in September. And I think at that moment was kind of when fans, quote unquote, started expecting too much because we got two DLC characters introduced at once, and they were two really good characters. Like you said, you know, Joker was a really good character when he was introduced. You know, Hero, his, he had a new mechanic. Um, so yeah, I'm going to stop there and let everyone else talk. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. I think the presentation was good for it. Although I don't think that I, or at least I haven't seen people complaining about the release times as much. I think it's just, expect. I mean, Terry was unexpected. Um, he was, you know, spoiled a little bit, but unexpected, but he turned out really great. Violet, I was actually excited for because I had actually played uh, Three Houses. Same. I know people were not as excited for Violet, but, you know, Banjo and Kazooie was one that people were super waiting for. Hero was good. We had just gotten Dragon Quest Nine recently, and then, you know, Joker was the unexpected pull-out-of-a-hat, Sakurai loves him type of thing, which was super exciting. And now, you know, Min Min is the ARMS character for the game that that nobody's played since arms came out no offense to anyone who's still playing it and uh you know steve is the steve and alex excuse me are the characters from the minecraft game which is super popular so it's it's like i said it's almost like it's almost like it's no longer fun fan service now it's okay time to get to business this is what nintendo wants this is what nintendo gets and the first one was a nintendo property for our arms and the second one is the best-selling game of all time so we'll see where it goes from here i'm gonna ask kelly next because i feel like brandon's gonna have a lot more to say uh so kelly what did you think about the steven alex reveal um i mean I- i've not really played smash brothers in probably like a long time yeah uh but i have played minecraft and I don't see the connection there. I guess Same. whatever. <laughs> I just like I feel like some of the other titles and like the characters are like okay, it's like another like there's a lot of Nintendo like Pokemon and stuff like that because they're like Nintendo kind of. But it's like Minecraft. It's like it just doesn't go with everything else. Like he's like a block, and yeah. then everything else is like rounded and and nice and. I feel like he's just going to really stick out or the characters, I guess they're adding two of the characters. They're just going to stick out. I don't know. Is, is the sword going to be like his weapon? I just, I have no idea what that's going to look like. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I think all the other characters have, uh, even, even Min Min, I will say had a really cool invitation to smash. Like they had a reason to be there. 
Uh, mm-hmm. This one was not that at all. You know, it was uh, Mario got the shit punched out of him by Sonic, and then he just ends up in like Minecraft land. Even Byleth, you know, Byleth has the three weapons uh, from the leader. She had a, he or she had a reason to be there. Uh, you know, Terry's joining the fight. Banjo and Kazooie are joining the fight. Hero's obviously a fighter. Joker and his group are joining the fight, and then you just got black guy who isn't necessarily really even joining the fight he was just kind of there i guess like it was even that presentation i didn't even think of this until you said that kelly but actually even this presentation i mean even min min was like fighting over an invitation these guys didn't even get an invitation did they actually wait did they actually get a a letter of invitation no No, they weren't even fucking invite now i really feel like i agree with game they weren't even (laughs) invited to smash like i didn't even think of that but hold on but not everyone got a letter though i don't think the hero got an invitation either he just kind of saved the world because they were fighting the final boss of uh world of flight and they needed the hero Look, 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 look 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 if you save link from getting jumped okay you don't need an all invitation right. all right all <laughs> you right, just cool. get into the world i mean also and yeah well, i agree like, yeah that's so like yeah like 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 the minecraft like i guess their intro titles or whatever uh steve rocks the block um alex swaps <laughs> in zombie Wait. spawns in i just thought about Man it now steps from the shadows I just thought about it now um banjo didn't get an invitation either he just kind of j- 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 jumped into the jungle and not out i think it was king k roll yeah if i remember correctly you're right but also i mean at least banjo did some damage as did hero like these two they kind of just happened to be there literally mario got punched and he was like in minecraft land and they just happened to be there they didn't get no invitation they weren't invited he stole mario's invitation because like he was in the house and then he just kind of left him there to you know get attacked wait who uh steve remember like when like he like mario car rushed in the house Steve just ate like some sort of food. I don't can't, couldn't tell what it was. Then the creeper came up behind Mario, and then Steve's like, "Man, I had nothing to do here. Close the door and just left Mario to die." And and for some reason, he's still in Smash. Look all look at all this subliminal messaging in the presentation of Steve. Okay, he didn't even save Mario, bro. But anyway, Brandon, how did you feel about it? All right, so I've had a few hours to think about this since the reveal was like a good few hours ago at this point. Um. Let me try to unpack everything as neatly as I can. So my knee-jerk reaction was I was not happy at all because I had even said it on the stream that I had done uh, literally last night as we were recording this, um, that at this point, I've come to the point where I'm very happy with Smash Brothers' current roster that we have right now. Anything else that they had would add to the game is just extra that I'm happy to see because I like seeing all the different like, game franchises introduced. I literally said to Annie last night, that was like, you know, I will be happy with any character they put in the game except the character from Minecraft. And then the morning came, and, and I was just like, I can't believe this. That was actually now, really I'm, funny. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't is obviously, so yeah, the, the, the one thing I didn't want to happen, happened. Now, I've had time to mull it over, though, after thinking about, you know, my personal reaction to the whole thing. I, I'm still not the biggest fan of Steve and the other variants of coming into Smash. I also, I was honestly on the train thinking that uh, they would be uh, me costumes. And I think that would have been really cool, honestly, as me costumes, you know, especially since they have, like, the sword. I could have seen them being, like, me sword fighters or what have you and with a Minecraft song. But also, I really also wanted a Minecraft stage, because I think, when I think about, like, fun Smash stages... 
Minecraft seems like it could have been something really cool to add to the equation. But of course, we're at the point where you won't be able to get a stage without a character. So this kind of had to happen. So I was like, but the stage was looks cool at least. But then I started looking at like people's reactions online and I started really thinking about the entire matter itself. Now, none of us really are excited about it. That's obvious by this point. But I'm seeing so many people enjoy the fact that Minecraft representation is coming to Smash because it is the top selling game in the world. So, you know, Nintendo, like it's money, obviously. Nintendo did it because they knew that it would it would do money. But the reason why it's doing money is because there's actually so many people that are excited for it. And I just looked at all of that. And I'm, I mean, it's not going to change my opinion. It's not going to change any of our opinions, how we personally feel about the character. But I can't be that upset when there's so many other people that are getting so much joy out of this finally happening, that this meme that's been circulating for years is finally becoming a reality and that so many people are enjoying it. And I'm going to be frank. I've enjoyed every single DLC character that's happened so far. I've been very lucky that out of the six or seven, if you include Piranha Plant characters that, you know, a lot of people have mixed reactions about some of them, but I've enjoyed every single one that's had it so far. I think the fact that there's one that I'm not really that excited for, it's, I can, I can live with it. And I think Steve and his, and his variants could be cool characters to play as. I want to see their character trailer. Cause you know, obviously Every new DLC character brings something unique to the table, and I want to see it. And the last thing I'll say before I before I shut up is that <laughs> in regards to whether or not Steve slash the variants belong in Smash, Smash originally was, of course, just a Nintendo crossover franchise. That's how it started. And then, you know, starting with Brawl, we got Snake and Sonic as guest characters. And then, of course, Smash 4 added more guest characters, especially with DLC. And now with Ultimate, we're getting a lot of guest characters. Smash has no longer become just a crossover of Nintendo franchises. It's become something more. It's become a celebration of video games itself. All the DLC characters... There's almost all the DLC characters, say for Byleth and uh, Min Min, have been representative of that. They've all come from like different franchises, and they all have their own unique significance to why they're there in the first place in the series. And we've gotten representation even beyond the characters. Obviously, Cuphead's a costume. Sans from Undertale is a costume. You have Bomberman as like an assist trophy. Shuffle Knight is an assist trophy represented the Indies. Shantae is like a spirit. So Smash has really just become a celebration. So with Minecraft being literally the biggest game in the world, getting to Smash, I may not personally like it, but I do believe it makes sense. And clearly there's a lot of people that are there for it. So, you know, good for them. Everyone that enjoys Minecraft. Uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I have to say about nah, that. Nah, I don't think it makes sense. I think a skin, like you said, and uh, would have made more sense than an actual character, but this is obviously me talking before the character presentation. And it, my opinion doesn't matter because I'm no longer excited for Smash characters. The only time I will get excited is when Sora is added to Smash. Uh, don't call me unless he's added to Smash. As a matter of fact, I almost missed the presentation trying to make coffee this morning because that's how much I cared. Cause it, and yep. then it turned out to not be Sora, so I didn't care anymore anyway. But also, yay, super happy for everyone who did want Minecraft representation. Of course, it's really cool. And of course, it makes sense with the fact that Minecraft is like the best selling game of all time. But yeah, no, I'm still yeah. just like, okay. Just, yeah, I feel, I feel you. Okay. Well, for me personally, I'm for DLC releases, I'm six out of seven in hype levels. So I'm still excited. So I'm, I'm happy. Can't wait, see, can't, can't wait to see what the other four are. <laughs> because now, here's my personal take. The one character I didn't want to get in Smash is in there. So nothing that happens within the other four can disappoint me at this point. I'm at that point. <laughs> like the only character I didn't want is there. So 
whatever. Bring whatever. That's so, a good place to be. I would love Soros. Soros is my number one choice. But even if he didn't get in, hey, whatever. We're, we're past the worst of it, in my opinion. So, That's a good say that place until to be. another Fire Emblem character gets included. Hey, Fire Emblem Three Houses is literally okay, the latest the game. So I would also be okay with that because I enjoyed Three Houses. Yeah, that's not something that Hell, the fans will okay want, but me and Drew would love it. I would be okay with a lot of things. The one thing that I was like very surprised about happened. So I'm, I think I'm with Brandon. Like we, you can only go up from here. For me, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The world got their character, and I, the one I didn't want is ready. So cool. We can only go up. Cool. So speaking of, uh, you know, Microsoft and Minecraft. As we Thank all you. know by now, thank you. I know. I think I did a really good job. <laughs> uh, so, as we all know by now, Microsoft uh, has purchased Bethesda for I think it was seven point nine billion, which is still a, a crazy amount of money to buy uh, Zenimax, the company that owns Bethesda, for. So we are aware now that all first party, I'm sorry, all future Bethesda games will be on Game Pass at launch. So Brandon and I talked a little bit about this before. Four, but um, I haven't talked about this with the new HP Critical Crew. So Kelly and Gabe, game, uh, sorry, Bethesda is now a part of Microsoft. Microsoft owns ZeniMax, and therefore Bethesda. How do you guys feel about the acquisition for seven point nine billion? And what do you think this means for Xbox going forward with the Xbox Series X? Uh, I'm excited. Um, I will be so excited to have all the future games at launch. I mean, I play, I've played a lot of Bethesda games like Fallout. I feel like there's other ones I can't even think of right now, but, um, so I, I want the Xbox Series X as well. So I think that all those games on Game Pass is going to be great. Oh yeah, Skyrim too. Well, Elder Scrolls. So like, I think those are going to be like big wins for Xbox. I think that they made a hugely popular hugely uh, anyways uh popular um <laughs> like a good choice yeah yeah oh yeah it was such a like a great company and to be honest everyone always like shits on bethesda for having like like not like polished games you know like you know a tree sticking through a wall or whatever but i feel like microsoft and xbox game studios like they've been putting out very high quality looking games lately so if we combine the two of those, like the story from obviously Bethesda and then with the actual like graphics that Xbox Game Studios can offer, I think we're going to be looking at some stunning and also compelling games coming out Ooh, of that studio. That's really a good point. I had never thought about that. Literally, all I was thinking was, oh, yay. The same games over on Xbox, but you know, I never thought of the power behind, you know, Microsoft joining with Bethesda. You're completely yeah, correct. I'm just thinking of like if the team that like works on Grounded, like, you know, it's Xbox and that game is just absolutely stunning pairs with like, you know, someone who did like Fallout 4. That could be, I mean, amazing. It could be an amazing body of work if we like see something in the future combining those uh, two studios. I think it'll be amazing. Yeah. Um. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gabe, what about you? How did you feel about this acquisition? Because I know you're a Skyrim fan, I think, if I'm correct. Um. Until Elder Scrolls Six comes out, I don't really care. Uh, I don't play. Other, <clears throat> I don't play any other Bethesda game except um, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. But that already came out for the PS4, and Skyrim is also on the PS4 and PC. So I'm not losing anything um so i yeah i really don't care until like if they come out with elder scroll 6 it's like oh it's an xbox you know exclusive 
then I'll have a lot to say. Um, but again, <laughs> not an Xbox person. Don't play on an Xbox. I don't plan on it. I did say I was trying to pre-order the Series X. That ship has sailed. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, speaking of, we'll continue to talk about Xbox and Game Pass. Doom Eternal is coming to Xbox Game Pass next month. So I'm going to go back to you, Kelly. Um, I've never played Doom. I don't know how many of you guys have played Doom, but I think this goes along with Xbox selling Game Pass really well. So I wanted to know what you thought about Doom Eternal also coming to Game Pass with Bethesda's acquisition. And I'm going to also throw in there that something we also already know that EA Play is coming to Game Pass, we finally have a release date. So on November 10th, uh, Game Pass Ultimate subscribers will also get EA Play as well. So um, I think that's the console's launch date, correct? November 12th, yeah. No, it's the 10th. I think 12th is PS5 and 10th is Xbox. Yeah, 10th is Xbox. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah, so for no additional cost, you're going to get the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. If you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you're going to get EA Play, and we also know that uh, Doom Eternal is coming to Xbox Game Pass as well, and with the acquisition of Bethesda, this pretty much just means that Xbox is the place to go right now for those types of games. Kelly, how's this making you feel? Um, Wonderful. I I still haven't gotten an Xbox Series X pre-order, but I'm pretty confident that within the next you know few months, I hope hope I'll be able to get one and I want it for this reason. I mean, the Game Pass has really been making me think about these next-gen consoles and what I wanted and the PS5 just I really didn't feel like it had anything for me. Like with Bethesda, I definitely will play those games. Doom Eternal, um I played the Doom before Eternal and I really liked it. it they get a little repetitive and the maps are like a maze, which is absolutely infuriating because everything looks the same. Um, but I think Doom Eternal was really like well received and it was just another like it's heavy metal, it's gore, you're killing demons, it's fun. I don't think I really wanted to spend the money, which is why I didn't get Eternal. But if it was on Game Pass, I would definitely play it. It's something I'm interested in at least like checking out. Um but the thing about EA play is that I used to solely play EA games. Like I played Battlefront forever. Yes, I, I never I never Yes, I never wanted to stop. I mean, that's all I did. And then I play, I like Battlefield. Mm -hmm. So Battlefield and Battlefront is almost even enough to warrant me doing the Game Pass if they're going to have EA Play. Like, it's insane. I That would be, like, all of the games that would even I would ever want to play except for some Steam titles, which then you can still get those on Steam also. So I don't yeah. really see... That being, there being a downside to Xbox buying all this, except then they might corner the market and then they could just do something crazy, like raise prices or whatever. But <laughs> I don't see them doing that because they're just making so much right now. I'm actually so happy that we have you on here because I, on a previous podcast, I was talking about how I thought that Game Pass was a good um, Game Pass Ultimate was a really good value, but it wasn't for me. So, you know, I completely forgot that you were playing the Battlefronts and the Battlefields, and, and you know, you like games like Doom, and you're a Bethesda fan. Like, this makes so much sense. It, it makes so much sense for you to just grab an Xbox Series X and hop into Game Pass Ultimate for the next two years, even if you did that plan, you know? It would literally yeah. just be games made, tailored specifically for you, and that's really cool! That's so awesome! I'm like yeah, a lot of these games I would play. Like, I'm interested in a lot of them. And like I said, sometimes I don't want to spend $60 on a game and then spend $60 on another game. But if yeah. you're on Game Pass, like, you can't deny it's a good deal. Yeah. You're just, I'm just going to do it. And then I'll probably just play more games because of it. Because I don't have to, like, worry about spending, you know, 
money every time I want a new game. Mm-hmm. Especially with games over on the PS5 being uh, so far about 70 bucks from what we've seen, you know, that is a lot of money <laughs> you're going to end up saving in the long run. Um, you other two, my lovely lads, you guys want to say anything about that? There's not really too much I can add. Like as far as Doom, I think that's a huge get for them because I know Doom and Doom Eternal were like huge. My personal experience with Doom isn't extensive because there was a time where they had the Doom demo that was like playable for people. And I definitely tried it because I was hearing all all the good reviews that it got. And I could 100% see the quality was one, but was also not for me at all. But I understood. So Doom Eternal is just that, but more than, yeah, that's a huge deal. And the fact that it's coming to Game Pass, it's like any good game that comes to Game Pass. That's like really big. So I know a lot of people that may have not checked it out are going to really enjoy that. And I'm looking forward to like what Kelly said, all the other great EA games uh, that's that's going to come to Game Pass is going to be great. EA, I, I gave up on EA after Battlefront 2. Um, that was their last good game to me. I don't really care about them anymore. So, Oof, that, the Sims. I mean, I don't. The, the, the thing is, The Sims isn't my type of game, but it looks like fun. You know, good for other people. But I think at this point, people already have The Sims. So, okay, I don't them acquiring. Yeah, them acquiring EA Playing is not going to be again. Well, since you're uh, Mr. PlayStation guy, let's move over to some PlayStation content. Uh, recently, there was the reveal of Spider-Man Remastered for PS5, and uh, Spider-Man's face is just a bit different from the original than it is in the remake. You guys have all seen it, correct? For sure, yeah, I've definitely seen it. Yes. Yes. So he kind of pretty much looks like the new Peter Parker kind of pretty much looks like uh, Tom Holland. Like, and, you know, looking at him, I can totally see that he looks like Tom Holland. It has been quite an issue for some people because a lot of people have said, you know, this change, we don't like it because we we played through the original Spider-Man with him looking one way. And now for whatever fucking reason, you guys decided that you were going to switch up the way that he looks and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so some people are not very happy with Insomniac games based on this change. How did you guys feel about it? So for me personally, I want to understand get why. First off, let me just say my personal thing. I was completely unaffected by it. I was like, okay, different face. But I'll see if I can the, the maybe figure out why some people were so upset. I, I've said it many times. Obviously, I personally really enjoy Spider-Man. But of course, I'm not unique in that. There's so many people that played Spider-Man in 2018 and had an absolute blast with it. Saw Peter's face for that entire game. You know what? Of course, when he was not in the Spider-Man costume. And they've gotten used to it. So for them to make such like a big major change to a character for the remaster, of course, it's going to be jarring for a lot of people. And of course, the like, there, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who's, who legitimately feels that the new character model doesn't look as good as the old one in terms of like the face. But I would I would wager that a lot of people just feel that way because they're just so used to the old Peter Parker, and it's just to know that the it's just, that it's the same game but with such a different face is going to be jarring to a lot of people. But I will also say that. It could not have been cheap for them to take this exist because this is just a remaster at the end of the day, right? It's the same game, just like taking advantage of some of the new PS5 features and upgrades yeah. for the PS5, right? But mm-hmm. fundamentally, it's the same game. So for them to go out of their way to change Peter's model for the entirety of scenes where he appears, like outside of the Spider-Man suit, that could not have been cheap. And yes, this new guy looks a lot like Tom Holland. Obviously, it's not, but he. I'm sure he um I'm sure it's not a coincidence that he looks like Tom Holland but that being said 
I don't really, I don't honestly feel that they would go to all of this trouble to make Peter Parker look different for a remaster, not a remake, a remaster, and for them to not feel like that was necessary for them to do good for good or for ill. So if they felt like that need, they needed to, it has something to do with Yuri Lowenthal's praise performance, PS5 graphics. What I, I really don't care what the reason was. Obviously, they felt they needed to because that just otherwise just seems like a waste of money to me. Do you guys remember when they had the uh, character on the front of GTA? I think it was GTA Five, and Lindsay Lohan tried to sue because she said it looked like her. Yeah, yeah and I also that... I I also remember when um, Ellen Page tried to sue The Last of Us because Ashley Johnson's character of Ellie looked a lot like her too, mm-hmm. but she didn't. Is Ashley Johnson, and it just happened to look like Ellen Page, but it was no connection whatsoever. What were you saying, Kelly? No, I was just gonna say that, like that thing with Lindsay Lohan, that did not look like her at all. <laughs> right, it didn't. Okay, yeah, no, it didn't. That was just completely. I mean, the Ellen Page makes sense because that did look like her, but it like did. that Lindsay Lohan thing, I was like, no way. Yeah, <laughs> that was outrageous. I'm actually interested to see if Tom Holland says anything about this because obviously he is Spider Man in the in the MCU Spider Verse, whatever it's called. Um, so I'm in- I'm interested to see if he has anything to say about it because it does look like him. But I personally, I still haven't played Spider Man yet. But this guy does look better than the other guy. I mean, just based on you know performance and the way that they've modeled his face, he looks like more of a real human. So I can't yeah. hate on that. But he also looks younger, and I'm not a fan of like how young he looks. Yeah. I, I will say that, that the fact that he looks, I mean, you, you, no matter how old you are, you can still have a young face. But still, the fact that he doesn't really look his age, of course, it like, because yeah, Peter Parker in this game is supposed to be 28, I mean, not 20, 23 years old. There's so, no way this boy is going to be played off as 23. He literally looks like a teenager. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I mean, he's going to. I mean, but Tom Holland is 24 years old and he and plays, still looks like him. Uh, and that's, and yeah, that's what he, looks, he plays a 16 year old and he looks Spider-Man. like a 16 year old spider-man so it works and this spider-man looks like tom holland but he looks like a 16 year old tom holland not a 24 year old playing a 16 year old yeah i can understand it but also Gerald, i want to point when out he something takes that shirt off <laughs> okay and then we're Sorry. all fucking pedophiles when he takes his shirt off because he's supposed to be 16 <laughs> Okay, no, that's not Wait, no, he's not. He's supposed to be 21. Hold in on. The, in he's the, 23 years old. In the game, he's supposed to be 16, so I can't, like, I'm... No, he's not. What? He's 23 I'm sorry. in the game. That's what I mean, Brandon just said. I'm sorry. I meant, I meant Tom Holland is supposed to be a teenager in the movies, not the game. So it's oh, wait, weird. He wasn't talking about Tom Holland, wasn't it? What? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. Right, <laughs> All right, hang on. Before, before, okay. before, well, before, move on. before we go on, actually, let me say one more thing. Brian Intahar, sure. who is the creative director at Insomniac Games, had this to say. He said, today's news about the new Peter Parker face model has surprised some of you, and we at Insomniac totally understand your reaction. Heck, it even took me a while to get used to Peter's new look. But as we discussed the franchise's future and moving to the PS5, it quickly became apparent that delivering even more believable-looking characters made finding a better facial match for actor Yuri Lowenthal, who we all love as Peter, a necessity. We care as much about this character as your attachment to him, so please know we didn't make this decision slash change lightly. As we did throughout the development, of Marvel Spider-Man. We'll continue to read your comments, listen, and always be looking for ways to improve every facet of the game. At the same time, I hope you can trust us that this decision is what we feel is best for the future of the franchise and our upcoming goals for this beloved Marvel character. Now, I'm sorry that I cut you off, Gabe and Brandon. Please continue. No, yeah, yeah. Well, like, which, go ahead, Gabe, you first. 
Well, because well, I, I still haven't gotten my turn to talk, so you can finish up. Okay. Yeah. No. All I was gonna all I was gonna say was is yeah the technical stuff uh, that Brian that Brian mentioned is a lot of what I was saying before. Like they felt they had to, therefore it is because like it again. This is money that you that taking a, a, that game that's just a remaster and just completely remodeling the character. So they must have felt it was it was um, necessary. And Jarrell, you did say you saw the trailer, so you saw the motion, you saw the character in motion. It looks more like a real human. And I think that's an important distinction, too, because I think a lot of the people who are reacting negatively online to this are only seeing the pictures. They didn't click on the video to see the character in motion. They're just looking at the static pictures. And, you know, at that point, you're only judging which face you like more, not how it actually looks in motion, which I think is an important distinction. I was talking about the movie. I still haven't watched the video. Okay, but the game trailer, like, you actually see the Peter Parker, new Peter Parker moving in it, and it does look good well yeah no i think he does look good i think you know for facial capture and just ps5 new graphics i think he looks great i just don't like Mm. that it looks so young but i'm down for it because i didn't play the first one yet so this affects me zero um no i was was actually gonna say after you were done talking i was gonna bring up the quote by uh by the insomniac director or whatever um about them you know doing it for like more realistic features um and also i was gonna say uh, Jarrell, you haven't played the first Spider-Man, but uh, Kelly, Brandon, if you have, um, I think it's funny that you guys brought up the fact that this new one looks like Tom Holland. The one from the original, the, from the PS4 version, to me, he kind of looks like Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> Wait, oh my god! I, I, yeah, like when you get the chance, Jarrell, look up, look up a picture of that Tony uh, Tony Parker because he definitely looks like Andrew Garfield, and it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, so, so we're doing the real. Thing we upgraded from Amazing Spider Man to Spider Man. Wow! Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my gosh! And we were just and that's even that last and that's even more hilarious because the Amazing Spider Man costume is getting added to the remaster of yep. the game. This is some bullshit. If I was if I was Andrew Garfield, I'd be mad as fuck. But if I was Tom Holland, I'd probably be really happy. Either way, I'm neither one of them because I'm not white and I'm not straight. So <laughs> stop talking now. Did anyone have anything else to say on this before I move on? Nope. Can't wait to see our webhead again. You're a good homie. I feel like I just derailed that completely. (laughs) Anyway, um, so speaking of uh, continuing to speak on the PS5, um, what the, the... Actually, rather, both consoles now are reportedly going... Apple is working with Microsoft to bring Apple TV app to Xbox consoles, and apparently they're also supposedly doing the same for the PS5. So we know that there's been this huge legal battle between Apple and Epic. We know that a lot of developers don't like working with Apple just based on the way that they are, the things that they do, etc. And as of right now, there are pretty much only apps for the Xbox and the PlayStation on the iPhone that you can use once that are, you know, supposed to encompass everything. But there's not much that you can do. Like, there's no cloud gaming. I do believe that there's a beta for cloud gaming on iPhone. But for my iPhone users here, how do you feel knowing that Apple is working on bringing Apple TV, the Apple TV app to consoles? This is, you know, akin to uh, Netflix and Hulu uh, because Apple TV has its own thing now. Do you think that this is going to affect the way that Apple uh, has their services on consoles next gen? Do you think we might be able to see something with Apple Arcade? Uh, what do you guys think? I really don't know. I, I don't really, I guess, use Apple TV, so I don't 
really, I guess, have anything invested in, in this. But I, I think if people want it, I, it should be available to them. I mean, we have all of everything. I have so many things to watch. I mean, there's literally no limit. Hulu, yeah. Netflix, mm-hmm. HBO, like whatever. So I don't really need Apple TV in my life. But if they want to put it on there, I guess that's cool, too. Kind of seems weird to bring it up now. They could have put it on the last gen consoles at any time. Right. Do you think, though, that these conversations will lead to something else later on down the line? I guess it's possible, but I don't know what they could be offering to any sort of gaming scene. You know, I don't I don't know what they would be offering. Maybe something mobile. I mean, they do have their they do have Apple Arcade, which I've heard that there's some really okay. good games on there and some that are that people should play. But I um, maybe, you know, adding Apple TV to the PS5 means that you get hands on Apple Arcade with the PlayStation controller. I don't know. Gabe, uh, do you have any thoughts about this? Um, I don't. I'm baffled by it because Apple has always been so, you know, use our products, don't use our services on other products. Um, and the whole Apple Arcade thing, that's, I don't, if that's what their, you know, one of their end goals is, it's not a good one because no matter what console you have, whether it be the Xbox or the P or the, the PlayStation, you have to pay for an online subscription. And I'm, me personally, like I'm not going to want to pay because I pay for three months, so I'm not going to want to pay two, uh, 20, blah, 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 $29.99 to play online and then play and then pay whatever I think it was like what six bucks, whatever it is, to do the Apple Arcade thing to use that type of service. So, again, I, if, the, if that's not their end goal, then whatever. But, like, if that's what their end goal is, if they're trying to get Apple Arcade on the consoles and stuff, um, I think they should maybe just not (laughs) i mean i don't know that's just obviously that's just me speculating i'm 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 just wondering you know whether these conversations going to have any impact into next gen obviously it looks as if apple is really trying to get uh you know apple tv onto these because they know that that is a part of uh where a lot of people's gaming hubs are so like for example me i do watch all of the i have a smart tv but instead of using that i watch all of my my watchables like netflix hulu all that great stuff i watch it through my playstation so if I do want to watch Apple TV, you know, it's another step to go through the TV and do all this extra stuff. So it is a, an easier way to get people to uh, come around to doing it. Um, but I just, I wanted to know if you guys thought how you felt about it. I see that you think it's weird. I kind of agree. Um, but I just see it as them just trying to put their product in the multimedia area that they know that these consoles are going to be. Uh, Brandon, did you have anything on that before we move on? Not particularly. I think it's interesting, but I really haven't owned an Apple product in a very long time, so I really don't have any stake in this race, personally. So the next thing I want to talk about are game delays, and that's um, the last thing we're going to talk about before we end this podcast is all about game delays. So uh, there have been two news reports on game delays. The first one is uh, with CD Projekt Red, which is not even being... Excuse me, I, I... may have misspoke or made that sound confusing. CD Projekt Red is not delaying Cyberpunk 2077. Instead, there have been reports of forced crunch time and that the uh, developers are going to be working crunch hours to make sure that they reach the 
uh, November release date of Cyberpunk 2077. Now, previously, the company did say that they don't believe in crunch hours and they wouldn't have their comp- uh, their developers working on crunch hours. And now, based on an email that was that was uh, given, they are going to be having them work uh, extra hours to make sure that they don't miss a deadline. This is interesting because not only did they say they wouldn't do that, but uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed already uh, before. So I think they're really, really trying to hit this deadline, but at the same time, that means that their developers are going to be working a little bit of overtime. And we don't like crunch in movies or video games. So read a little bit of this article from TechSpot, which is titled CD Projekt Red Devs will be forced to work crunch hours on Cyberpunk 2077 despite promises to the contrary. One weekend day per week is what is being required. So if they're working Monday through Friday, they're going to have to work either a Saturday or Sunday every week to make sure that this game comes out and in an interview with Kotaku, they said if they need a t- if they need to take time off, they can take time off. Nobody will be frowned upon if this will be requested. We want to be more humane and treat people with respect. Um, that's what they said before. Um, a month later, in another interview with Kotaku, they promised that employees working on Cyberpunk would not be required to work overtime, no matter what. However. In January, when asked if employees would be required to put in crunch hours, the CEO, uh, Adam Kikinski, said that we try to limit crunch as much as possible, but it is the final stage, adding, we try to be reasonable in this regard, but yes, unfortunately, that um, there would be some required crunch hours. So how do you guys feel about CD Projekt Red requiring crunch hours to try to get this game out so that it won't be delayed again and making the devs work an extra day a week? Um. So I just found this article and apparently they're going to give 10% of revenues to the employees as like a bonus for the crunch pay and I had I was looking this up because I had read something earlier about how they were going to pay them like like I think the person on Twitter I wish I could find it it's like they'll be paid like handsomely for their time after there was like such a backlash obviously about the crunch hours but yeah so I'm reading this article and it says like 10% of its yearly earned revenues to its employees as a bonus for their extra crunch time, which is, which is pretty cool. I mean, I've never heard of anyone doing that. So that's kind of nice, but um, I don't know if that will be enough. I don't exactly know how much money that's going to be, but whenever I feel like you work on a project like this, you know that there's going to be like crunch time at the end because it needs to happen. Like there is a time and you have to get the game out. It's almost the holiday season. New consoles are out. Like it is crunch time. And after the game is done, I guess maybe they would have a break. I don't really know because I haven't worked on a project like this. And I mean, the bonus would be incentive, but making them work for no overtime or anything like that would be, I mean, inhumane, really. And let me actually add to that as well, that yes, they will be getting um, overtime pay because they're, they're uh, because they're based in Poland, as the article says, they're required by law to provide overtime pay. So okay. um, they will be getting paid overtime for that extra day. And even in this article, analysts predict that uh, CD Projekt Red is going to make, you know, over $520 million this year, which as it says, could equate to bonuses in the tens of thousands of dollars. So they would be compensated for this. So I'll just ask you outright, because there has been a lot of outcry about people having to do crunch. Um, so you think this is either, either do you think it's okay because they're going to be compensated um, and they're trying to finish because they think, you know, as you, as you kind of mentioned, you know, this is the end game and they have to get this game out and they've already delayed it before. Are you, do you think that crunch is okay in this type of situation? 
if I was working on this game, which I'm not, and I do not make video games, yeah. I, I mean, that might be, it might be cool, but I think that for me, an incentive would make me more likely to do it. However, this isn't like a ventilator or something that has to get out or someone might die. This is a video game. It's not like, you know, anyone's going to die without cyberpunk, but at the same time, they have already pushed it back, which I don't really care. You know, I'm not like waiting. I'm not counting down the hours until this game comes out, but a lot of people are, the further they push it off. I mean, these people's bonuses could be a lot less after, you know, a while if they keep pushing it or, or something like that. And if they don't make the revenue because they piss the fans off by pushing it back, I mean, their hard work might not even pay off. I just, I don't know how to feel because I, I think for me, if I was working on this project, I think the incentive would probably motivate me and I would be like, okay, we got to get it done. But at the same time, working, how, how long are these hours that they're working? Are they working 60 hours a week? Because that would just be insane. I just don't know what kind of time they're putting in and how much pay they would deserve as a bonus. I guess I don't think crunch time is necessarily awful, but I mean, we're talking if it comes out in November, are they doing an entire munch of, or munch, <laughs> month <laughs> of crunch time? Like, I just don't mm-hmm. know how long they've been crunching. Has it been for a month? Like, how long is this going to go on? Yeah. Maybe two two months would only be a few extra days of work, really. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like I said, if they're going to be compensated tens of thousands of dollars for a bonus, I, I'd i be okay with it if I was working mm-hmm. on it. But then again, I'm not. So I don't know the, the the real consequences and how hard they're really working. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to make actual statements when you, like the rest of us, don't actually know what's going on behind the scenes. We just know what we're being told in interviews and what's coming out. And I think a lot of people are concerned because they were, we were told after, you know, having issues in the gaming industry due to crunch, we were told that this, this specific team would not be going through crunch only to, you know, a month before release be told that, Hey, uh, or find out rather that, Hey, they are going to have some a mandatory crunch. You know, it's not, it's, it's literally mandatory, but I, I, I think also it comes on a game by game basis. Like this game has been delayed for, I think it's been seven months already. So, you know, if you do another delay right before holiday, right before, um, console releases and this game is i believe one of the games that is going to be available to be on next gen consoles it can really hurt sales you know this could be a huge christmas pickup for a lot of people um and then to delay it even further could definitely um hurt but at the same time there are you know wonderful gamers who don't believe in crunch time who think you know take time take as long as you need to finish this game so it is a precarious position to be in uh gabe how are you feeling about this um I don't think crunch is good, but uh, like Kelly brought up the incentives. Um, this kind of makes me think this was something that they talked over as a team. And it was something they all came into an agreement as it wasn't like, you know, the boss just one day showed up into, you know, as they're working on the game, like, Hey, you guys have to stay mandatory crunch, blah, blah, blah. I think it was something they all sat down and, you know, talked, uh, talked with each other about. Um, and then, uh, cause I also, you know, saw some of the comments on Twitter about, about it. Um, and people were like, oh, it's not, it's not that they're making them crunch and giving them an incentive. It's that they said they weren't going to make them do the crunch. And now here they are doing the crunch. Um, things change. Um, and if this year hasn't been a very clear image of that, um, I don't know what is, but I don't know. I guess, you know, I guess they thought they were going to have, I don't know how to word it exactly without something stupid. Um, 
But I, I guess they thought they were going to have more recent, more resources open to them at this time. Um, but that's obviously not the case. Um, and then I think, you know, just as a whole team, they all want to get the game done. And as you said, the game has been delayed. It was seven months. Um, I don't know if I was on the team again, like Kelly, I don't make video games. I'm not on the team. This is just my two cents. Mm-hmm. If I was on the team though, um, I would want to get the game off just for the fans. Cause it's been seven months. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't mind putting in the extra work because I know in the end, you know, I'm, we did what we could do for the game so people could play it. I think it's so interesting that you say that because I just think about like, you know, having a day job and then them telling me, oh, hey, it's going to be really busy. We got to get this out. So you got crunch time. Um, You're going to have to work an extra day a week, Uh, but you will be getting paid. I'll probably be like, ah, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But I think this is a very different situation because like you said, you know, these devs, I'm sure want to get this game out anyway. Um, And, and, you know, hearing mandatory crunch always sounds really bad that's why i wanted to talk about it because like you said on twitter it doesn't matter what you say people are going to read the words mandatory crunch and go into you know overtime of this is really really bad this is unfair don't do this to devs um and it can very much be that depending on the situation but at least it seems all i'll say about this is at least it does seem that uh cd project red is trying to uh assuage that a little bit with the incentives with um you know giving 10 percent of the annual profit to uh the individual game developers that are working on this with making sure they're getting paid overtime for their work um and it is just one extra day a week and i mean for a studio one extra day a week with regular amount of work that they do um which is exactly what it says uh in the article says starting today the entire studio is in overdrive meaning your typical amount of work and one day of the weekend um so I can't really comment on it. Like you guys said, I don't make video games. Um, but I do understand the pressure and the, cr- the, the reasoning for the crunch of trying to get your game out. Uh, it's, it's a tough one. Brandon, how are you feeling about it? A lot of what I have to say on the subject is pretty similar to what you guys have already said. But I will say in regards to the whole crunch situation, I think for the most part, like the fact that so many people are upset about the crunch is perfectly valid because in general, it is a bad thing, especially when the word mandatory is in front of it, you know? Uh, but that being said, you all have brought up some like great points on the subject. One that we don't work in video games. We don't know what the exact situation of this game is. And Gabe also brought up the great point of the fact that, you know, COVID has caused a lot of delays. It's entirely possible that they like, what what I was going to say before Gabe had said his point was that, they need to like manage the development time better just to make sure that they wouldn't have to force crunch. But like Gabe said, it, you know, COVID happened and they want to get the game out. So at some point they probably realize collectively, at least I would hope it'd be collectively that they need to put up a little extra work if they want to get the game out for release. And that could be a, for a number of reasons, the number the, like, uh, you know, meet the holiday race. Cause it's going to be a big holiday game for sure. The other being the fact that again, they want the game out because, Again, we don't work at game devs, none of us, but I, I've seen opinions from lots, a lot of the game developers. They do take pride in their work, and it always disheartens them when they have to like push something back. Not just because it means they have to do they have to work an extra long, because they want to see the fruits of their labor come out. Now, obviously, they would prefer to do that without having to kill themselves, because it can be stressful for a lot of people. But at the end of the day... Like, again, we don't know what this, this situation is. At least, like Kelly said, they are getting paid more for their, for their work. 
So it's 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 there's a lot of been a lot, a lot of crunch situations that we've all heard about where they've had to work extra. They're really not getting anything for it, and that sucks. That sucks. That and that's we're talking pre-COVID times in those in the, a lot of those instances too. So in those cases, I don't think there was really much excuse. They just needed to plan their development schedule better. Um, and that being said, the state, the things do happen in the game developing. Like, for example, there could be a game breaking bug and that means they'll have to either delay a game when it's like about to come out or, or they'll have to work hard to get it out. I think most people prefer if they just delayed it, but for some, for some developers just simply don't see it that way. And, you know, it just, it's a case by case basis thing, but yeah, in general, crunch is not a good thing. But in this case, I think there was a new number of factors that came to this decision and the fact that the, the the employees that are making the game are being treated well for it, I don't know if it necessarily justifies the crunch, quite frankly. But from based on what I've seen, it's a lot better. It's a lot being a lot better handled than a lot of crunch situations I've seen, which, uh, to, to be perfectly frank, were pretty scummy. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And the last thing that I will say on this is that if analysts are correct and they do make $520 million in the year, 10% of that is not a little bit of money. <laughs> Like, right? that goes quite a far away. Um, so, you know. Yeah, if they're making bank on this, that's like Kelly said, I sure wouldn't complain. Yeah. You know, it'd be yeah, a lot of work. Sure. It'd be a lot of work yeah. in the present, but that salary will be nice. A lot, I know a lot of people that will kill themselves for all these all these weeks and weeks and weeks, but then they see the paycheck and they like, and it's all worth it. So, well, hopefully yeah, that's the case. If you really run the numbers, if you split it between those 1,100 people, it could be like $40,000 or something. It could be a yeah. huge bonus yeah. if they really make what they think they're going to make. So, I mean, that could be like an extra salary for some of these people. I mean, that would be insane. I don't know. I want to keep up with this, though, because I want to see what happens with this. I want to see if they get these bonuses because I'm not really sure that this is a big commitment if they're really going to oh, do this. Oh, that is right. huge. And um, thank thank you. The the article that Kelly's talking about is over at tweaktown.com. And it does say that the studio has invested $121 million dollars on the game to date which is also not a small amount of money so you know they're gonna have to make that back <laughs> to even break even that's gonna be 121 million dollars to break even on cyberpunk a game which as far as i'm aware is not going to have microtransactions um so this is just gonna be you know a base purchase just flat rate yeah yeah especially considering with smart delivery means that they won't get a double purchase from for the Series X if people buy it for the One X. Exactly. Yeah. So we're not so even that, getting that's... it at that $70 PS5 price point. This is a $60 game, which, I mean, I have it pre-ordered for 50 bucks from Amazon, so I'm not even paying the full $60. Um, yeah. But if it does, you know, what The Witcher 3 does, and it continues to break records... Um, with, uh, I think The Witcher 3, according to this article, has over 50 million copies sold. Um, $121 million is a lot. I can yeah. completely understand wanting to do crunch when you have $121 million on the line. Um, I, I completely also understand r promising 10% of that revenue, uh, because this is supposed to be such a huge project. Um, but I mean, if I'm in charge of this project, uh, we're probably gonna have to ensure that it comes out perfect. You know, this this can't be a release like the Avengers where we need a thousand patches, uh, a thousand fixes in a patch on day one. You know, this has to come out perfect because there's $121 million writing on this game. Like it has to be done well. And we can't delay anymore when we've already delayed for seven months. Like I completely understand the position that they're in. And I, I mean, I'm like you, Kelly, I'd really love to follow this because I do hope that, you know, this 10% is actually what they get based on, you know, what we've been told or what we're reading. 
because you know they deserve it being having to work so hard and having such a high profile video game coming out it's going to be really tough so i understand the need for crunch it doesn't mean i like it uh but i understand it and i hope that they get paid what they're supposed to so another game that is not dealing with crunch, actually, that has been delayed is World of Warcraft Shadowlands. So there was an update on World of Warcraft Shadowlands today on Twitter. And basically, the game was supposed to come out, I believe, on October 27th originally. But according to this update, uh, the World of Warcraft uh, official Twitter page has a message and it says, I want to let you all know that we're delaying the release of Shadowlands till later this year. I'm gonna, not going to read the whole thing. In the meantime, they're excited to announce that beginning October 13th, they'll be releasing Shadowlands pre-patches. But basically, they want to be able to get everything up to snuff and it's not ready yet the way that it is. So this game was, like I said, supposed to be released October 27th. And that is about three weeks away from the time of this recording. And we're just finding out now in the same month of its release that it is going to be uh post the the release the release excuse me is going to be delayed until further notice later this year there is not a specific date that um is set for the release of this game now the reason i brought this up is because we just talked about cyberpunk 2077 trying to meet its release date and including crunch blizzard is notorious for not doing crunch ever they release their games when they're ready like that has been their motto you will get this game when it's ready overwatch 2 will never come out (laughs) because like it's a million years from now until it's actually going to be ready some people respect that about uh uh, blizzard altogether so i wanted to talk to you guys about specifically the fact of this game coming out this month and fans being told the same month that the game is going to be delayed and not being given a release date because you know in the comments under that i saw a lot of people saying hey i took the entire like week off that week from work to be able to just sit down and invest myself in world of warcraft shadowlands and of course wow is still one of the most popular mmos ever of all time um, and a, a, a lot of people have just been really disappointed that there was such little, uh, notice as opposed to people on the cyberpunk side who are very much been like, it's fine. Take your time. Do what you need to. This one has been a mixed bag. So how do you guys feel about not even just World of Warcraft Shadowlands, but in general, how do you feel about games being delayed in the same month or three to four weeks before it's released? Like, how would you feel about that if it were a game you were invested in? Okay. So. Here's a, here's my take on this whole situation. Obviously, delaying a game in the same month that it's supposed to release is extremely bad press. And I think Blizzard is well aware of that. So in my experience, because I've heard, like, I've listened to a few podcasts and I've seen a few tweets from, like, game, dev- game devs or people who are involved in the game development uh, spectrum. This only happens, this last-minute delay nonsense only happens when quality assurance gets involved with the game and they find some game breaking bug that is so bad they cannot ship the game as is so my assumption about this whole situation is that that's what exactly what happened and so they were forced to delay the game until this game breaking bug is fixed because no one wants a game to come out with a bug that can uh, break everything in your game so to answer your question of whether it was something i was personally invested in obviously i'd be delayed i mean a lot of people especially if you have your schedule all set out like if you're having like I've had launch parties in the past for games I've been really invested in, and if I and when I was found t- told that the game would be delayed on like the same month or two months behind, I'd be absolutely gutted. It'd be it's terrible. No one wants to hear it. But I mean, I understand why. Like, no, every game developer I would think knows that the, doing a delay the month 
the month of or the month before is very bad. It's a very bad move. But if they feel they have to do it, then you have to res- you have to respect it, even if you don't like it. That's my take on it. Yeah, I think this one was pretty much just because it is so close to lunchtime. And I can understand. Usually I am one of those people that is like, no, don't be mad. Just like take your time and wait. But this is so close to lunchtime that I completely understand. Like, you know, had I take this is, you know, actually, I had taken time off of work for the release of Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I was like, done. I'm, oh, I'm like playing I remember this game. That one. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole issue came out with it being delayed. And I was like, what the what? Like, Ooh, that's what am I supposed to do? I was very upset. Because I was like, damn it, what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't get these days back from work. Like, I'm stuck. But then, you know, Corona came and I was home anyway. So, like... Not that mm-hmm. big of a deal, but I completely understand the situation that some people are in having this happen to them, and it can be very frustrating. Uh, I just don't like the fact that it is so close to launch, but like you said, obviously that means that something very serious is happening for it to be delayed so close to launch time, and I, I wish there were more incentives for people who were um, you know, waiting on this release, but as far as I saw in that comment on Twitter, um, in that message, there was nothing but, sorry guys, <laughs> just gotta wait. Yeah, that's and that's the other thing too. Um, what what I just said about like like the games getting delayed so close to launch being about quality assurance problems that's not common knowledge for most people. And I think if you are if you are a game developer, you have to delay because that's an issue. I would think that you'd be a little more transparent about it to like some say 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 face for some people because like you said, if you announce enough time that you're delaying it most we're in a we're in a climate where most people are going to be pretty forgiving about that but if you delay it like this close and you really don't tell anybody anything then you know you're kind of asking for the backlash because not many people just know about what could happen on the weeks before a game launches so yeah it goes back to what you said about blizzard just being blizzard and just release it when it release it but like this is really close and if there's a problem i think you got to be transparent about it yeah to do the otherwise is like to invite the ire of fans and i think i think they technically they kind of have been very transparent about doing this like uh i i'm sure this is not something they were planning on doing like they were not planning on delaying their game three weeks before it's released like of course not um so i i can appreciate it i i understand fans being upset about it but i also appreciate that they did come forward and have this message because something else they also said was that um their challenge the challenge is tuning the end game and uh the problem one of the problems was compounded by the team having to work from home due to covid Mm -hmm. so like i completely understand this you know uh, i do have compassion for the team i'm just like damn y'all but like for real like three weeks out i mean this might be a situation in which i'd be like okay you know what give me a give me a give me an avengers patch for this one because like this is just way too close (laughs) to release day i'll take an avengers patch over a delayed game at this point my last point i'll say is like you're based on what you said you're entirely correct it couldn't just entirely be some like really bad management it's like oops we forgot to tell people the game was delayed yeah now i'm really hoping that's not the case and i'm and that nine times out of ten it's not the case but it's not impossible either so i hope, hope it's not that but anyway I feel like they can't win either way just because if it was, if it came out and it was garbage because it wasn't ready, people would complain about that. And the thing is with, with something like this, when you're working on a project, like the closer you get to it, 
the more like obvious it is that it's not ready yet. And I think that they were trying and trying, but then once they started seeing these projections, they're like, okay, we're not going to meet it. So they're delaying it indefinitely. Mm -hmm. But they said it would still be out this year. Hopefully. I I don't really know. Actually, I did have a friend, a mutual on Twitter who said that she already took off her time for it to come out from work. Yeah. Yeah. So that sucks. But, um, like I said, they can't really win. And mm-hmm. whenever it comes down to it, I mean, most people say they'd rather have a finished game come out, but I think that they're upset now because it's been a month, but maybe last month they didn't even realize yet that, that they weren't going to hit the deadline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes, like I said, they be- things become more obvious the closer you get to a deadline. Like they were trying to stay optimistic and whatever, but to avoid crunch time, they yep. didn't want to do it. And yep. uh, like I said, people are going to bitch about the crunch time if you're doing that. Like, <laughs> yep. it's a it's a large, you know, process. And obviously, Blizzard should kind of know what they're doing by now, I guess. But um, it happens. And like I said, I have nothing invested. I don't really play World of Warcraft. But I guess I would be upset if it wasn't coming out. Mm-hmm. But do people want it to come out? Like you said, you'd rather have a patch. Maybe I'd rather have the patch and yeah. just at least get it get it in my hands so I can get into the Shadowlands. Yeah, exactly. You know, now within the month. I mean, especially because it's right before Halloween too. God, mm-hmm. that really sucks. You know, it's Halloween. We've got new consoles. It's uh, right before the holidays. You get to spend your time in the Shadowlands before you gotta go wherever you gotta go for the holidays. If you're even going anywhere this time, I mean, and if you're not, you're stuck at home with Corona. This might be what you've been waiting for. And then yeah. you know, right before it comes out, like, hey, just kidding you can't have it yet um but i also understand not doing a patch even though i personally would have preferred a patch for something like this i understand not doing one just because uh people will speed run the fuck out of this and reach end game and then be like your game's broken blizzard what are you doing so i completely also understand them waiting but man does it suck i personally would be like you know what just give me a patch let me hop into the game day one and then you know we fix whatever the issues is but of course we don't know what the issue is we don't know how big it is but i i totally agree with you shit sucks i'm so sorry for your mutual friend because I, it happened to me with Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I was not very happy, because that was just, I was literally like, fuck, I'm just gonna be home. Um, you know what? Also, Last of Us 2 was delayed as well. Everything's just delayed. It, everything's getting yeah. delayed. Like, and I mean, we can't be mad because Corona, but like, yeah, everything's just getting delayed. <laughs> um, I just want to go off the bat. Uh, you can't get mad at a gaming studio for delaying a game, and your only reasoning be, oh, I already took off from work. That's that your is so valid. Choice. What are you um, talking that's, about? That's you. You made no. You made the choice to do that. Um, yeah, it sucks, but it's it's not a valid reasoning to be like, oh, I'm mad at you just because you're not. You know, again, whatever. Um, I don't know if I agree with what you said about you rather get a patch, um, because again, we've seen time and time again, a game comes out or a, or a new a new DLC comes out and there's something wrong with it and all of a sudden they need to patch it up and everyone again i think i don't remember who's i think it was kelly that just said it that you don't win either way i don't know i guess because since i don't really play big games like that like i don't i guess three weeks isn't that to me it doesn't seem that close i feel like that's an appropriate amount of time like oh hey you know by the way we're not we can't release the game and we said we're going to release it so yeah i don't know three weeks to me i feel like i feel like that's a good middle point yeah, that's about it. Well, I guess you've never taken time off for a video game release, bro. Must be nice. Well, the thing is, well, the <laughs> thing is, 
my job kind of works different. So if I give away a day and all of a sudden my game's not coming out that day, I can just go ahead and pick up some more hours. Must be Damn, nice. must be nice. Right? Must it be is nice. nice. <laughs> it is nice. He's completely unaffected. A job with the union. But the reason that I say that I want, uh, just to answer you a little bit, the reason I say I wanted a patch for this game specifically is because it's an MMO. And MMOs are literally patched constantly. Like, you are always getting a patch. There's literally going to be a, 100%, there's going to be a day one patch as soon as this game comes out. That is what happens well, with MMOs. Then that, then that goes off of what Brandon said, that whatever caused them to delay the game so close to release date, it has to be something pretty big that not even a patch can fix it. Well, that is kind of true, except for this is for Endgame. Like, they specifically say it's for Endgame, like, issues. And and I, I, I can completely concede to that point because, like I said, people are going to speedrun this and be at the end of um, Endgame day one. But, you know, the average player is... It's going to take them... Because this is not, you know, some linear video game, this is an MMO that is going to sink hours of your time. So this isn't, um, for the average person, this isn't a race to the finish line. Let's start the first raid in Shadowlands because the raids aren't even going to be out yet. Like this is literally just the start of Shadowlands. So um, to me personally, with this being an MMO, I feel like it would have been much easier to just be able to uh, patch it up later. Um, but, you know, like you and Brandon said, it has to be a huge deal. So whatever. I'm just sad for the people who took time off because I know how it feels. But also, Same. good job, Blizzard, because don't release unreleased. I'm sorry. Don't release unfinished games like Marvel's Avengers. Facts. Which very much disappointed me because I am a Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics fan. I really enjoyed the Tomb Raider reboot. I don't know how they let this happen. Uh, guys, like, what's going on? You know, it's fine because, uh, you know, COVID-19 is a thing. So that I'm sure is affecting things as well. So I can't even be mad at Blizzard. If you are mad at Blizzard, just, you know, don't be. <laughs> I don't know. Be mad. Whatever. You're allowed to be mad about taking time off and then your time off being screwed because you took it off and then the thing that you wanted isn't happening. I feel like you can be upset about that. Just don't, you know, be an asshole about it. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not saying you can't be upset about it. I'm saying you, you can't blame you the game developers mad. for it. No, no, no. no that's not okay, that makes when more sense with game sense. Yeah, because I thought earlier you said you can't be mad. I'm like, what? I thought you said you can't be mad. No, I didn't say... No, no, no. I said you can't be mad at the game developers for your personal choice. Okay. Yes. Like, that makes sense. That's oh, we're that's gonna play fine. this podcast back. That's fine. I'm You're gonna right. make you listen it's to it over fine. and over again. Oh my god. Just like I make you look at that smash video. <laughs> oh over over whatever, whatever you said earlier, what you just said now makes more sense than what we thought you said. Yes. Yes. Um because I thought see, Brandon thought you said it too. But um what you said right now is true. I completely agree. Yeah, but I like Brandon, so I'm not gonna argue with him. Wow. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Next month, man. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not even going into that conversation. Anyway, for anyone who is listening, um, this month so far, and I'm going to make an announcement that might change. So I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm literally going to be a Blizzard game developer, but this month so far, uh, our planned game for the month is going to be Dead by Daylight. We will have a commercial soon. We'll have it um, up on our socials. You'll be able to check it out. Um, but be prepared for October to come play some Dead by Daylight with us if you have it. Um, it is cross-play yeah, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It is crossplay, so um, that's gonna be really fun. Just come by, play it on whatever you want. Just come hang out with us, chill. I believe the tentative date is October twenty third. I love you guys. 
You have the answer for all of my, yeah. like, all of my unfinished sentences. The tentative date for playing Dead by Daylight with us is October 23rd. So please, if you have some time, come on by, hang out with us. It's going to be lots of fun, scary stuff. Um, our stream schedule went up for the month as well. So by the time you're listening to this, you can check it out. We're going to do some uh, Animal Crossing stuff for October. We're going to have some more stuff that Brandon has written about that he can tell you about. Also, um gonna link kelly and gabe stuff as well in the uh article and the description for this podcast so if you want to have some fun with her and hang out and watch her be scared all month um definitely do that uh gabe's also been working on stuff we're gonna have his youtube up there as well thank you all for joining me for another episode of hp critical talks it's been wonderful and because we're about to reach the hour and a half mark we will talk to you guys later bye everyone Good night. Merry Christmas. Happy Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween.